Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Player 54 Podcast, a show focused solely on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host, Michael Lathrop. Hello, football fans. This is episode 86, Fantasy and Sports Betting. This episode is brought to you by our friends at True Victory. If you are not perfect, if you have ever struggled, if you have ever failed, if you have ever been the underdog, if you have ever doubted yourself or been doubted by others, if you want to get better, be better, and make our world better, this is the perfect brand for you. Founded by U.S. military veterans, True Victory is a sportswear and streetwear brand dedicated to building everyday champions on and off the field. True Victory is not simply a company, they're a cause. Its purpose is to transform lives and elevate humanity through the power and unity of sports, positive stories, and serving others. They are dedicated to the game, the grind, and the globe. But most importantly, they are dedicated to you. If you want to strive for something better, while proudly showing others your determination, grit, and supporting people like yourself. Check out the True Victory Shop by simply clicking on the link provided in the show's description and notes and enter the code PLAYER54 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase. Before we get started, I would like to take a moment and share my appreciation for those who have reached out and supported my wife and myself. Your prayers, well wishes, and words of encouragement mean more than you may realize. I am blessed and grateful to be a part of the XFL community. These past few weeks have been difficult, and the foreseeable future doesn't appear to be any different. As a member of this community, I remain committed to serving as a dependable outlet of XFL-related information and will continue to try finding the time for this show by releasing new and weekly episodes. However, due to developments in my personal life, the show may be impacted. Therefore, I may have to make changes to the show's format moving forward. But if possible, I'll try to keep it as business as usual. This past week, there have been some interesting league developments. In addition, Run the Sims, Justin Freeman, joins the show to discuss the XFL and how its 2023 season performed from a fantasy and sports betting standpoint. But first, we have those developments to cover. So, let's get to it. On July 18th, the XFL shared on its Instagram account its combine at Choctaw Stadium in Arlington, Texas on July 26th and 27th will stream live on the league's YouTube channel. The post also mentioned the stream will include co-host, special guests, exclusive interviews, giveaways, announcements, and an all-access view into Choctaw Stadium. Also on July 18th, Orlando Sentinel journalist Stephen Hudak reported Orange County's Tourist Development Council rubber stamp the Citizens Advisory Panel's report, which included high praises and recommendations for five projects seeking funding. Among those recommended is Florida Citrus Sports' $800 million renovation of Camping World Stadium, the home of the Orlando Guardians. On July 19th, XFL Properties LLC filed a trademark application for LA Wildcats. The filing does not guarantee the league is reviving the Los Angeles Wildcats. Securing its trademark could be for merchandising or other purposes. This application and its pending approval will be something to keep an eye on. On July 21st, 
the XFL posted a video teasing an August 1st announcement or unveiling. The video included Arlington Renegades quarterback Luis Perez, D.C. Defenders defensive lineman Joe Wallace, San Antonio Brahma's wide receiver Nick Holly, and Orlando Guardians tight end Cody Latimer. Be sure to tune into the XFL social media accounts and website on August 1st. As I have previously mentioned, I will now be joined by Run the Sims' Justin Freeman to discuss the XFL and how its 2023 season performed from a fantasy and sports betting standpoint. Welcome, Justin. I appreciate you taking the time to come on to the show to discuss the XFL and how its 2023 season performed from a fantasy sports and sports betting standpoint. Appreciate you having me on, Michael. It was uh, a lot of fun seeing this league materialize. Um, it's been a long time coming. Third time around, third time's the charm, hopefully. And uh, it's been a lot of fun, especially if you are in this sort of fantasy or sports betting space. There's been a lot of progress made over the course of this year. And I'm excited to see the product continue to grow. And I, I'm pretty thrilled to hear they're coming back for uh, another go at it here in 2024. Likewise, man. It's when you follow it in 2001, 2020, it's just one of those things that we've got some time invested in it one way or another. And it's kind of tough to let something that just resonates good, maybe not perfect because the first XFL wasn't that great, but it still was football. But hey, like I was sharing in our pre-interview, just there are some good things, good ties to my college years with that and stuff. But anyway, that's not what we're here for. But what I think would be beneficial before we dive into our conversation here, is if you took a moment and you would share with the listeners so they have a better understanding of who you are, what your background is, so they would understand why I brought you onto the show to discuss this particular topic. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I am Justin Freeman with RunTheSims.com. Uh, that's the company I started with my buddy Pat Mayo just a couple years ago. We're heading into our third NFL season of Run The Sims, and we are a daily fantasy sports tool site. And so we help our users. We're a premium tool site. We help our users to build great lineups for DraftKings and FanDuel and the different places where people are playing daily fantasy sports. And sort of over a period of time, we've crawled into other arenas as well. So we've we've gotten not only in NFL, but also in some other sports, including uh, Formula One. We're touching into MMA here shortly. And of course, spring football. Who could forget about spring football? Um, and And, you know, the way that DFS is sort of growing and changing in terms of how people are playing is very interesting too, because now not only are we doing tools for DraftKings and FanDuel, the like traditional salary cap DFS, but uh, we're seeing sites like Underdog and Prize Picks offer these pickums, especially for XFL, you know, here this spring and helping folks try to find ways to get in good, uh, get their money in good for those things. And so we've got a little community built up around that. And so uh, we found some success and, when it comes to spring football, XFL in particular, like it, it really sort of separates the diehards from the casuals in terms of, you know, who's still playing DFS football at that point in the year. And so it's been a lot of fun getting to know the group of subscribers we have on our team to uh, try to identify like uh, what's happening on these depth charts. Like we're sweating every little small uh, edge that we can. Like we're 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 looking at the renegades trying to figure out how many routes Brandon Arcanado ran last week to see if he's a good play for this week. Like we're we're diving in pretty deep. So it's fun, man. That's that's what I love about the XFL is like 
I find it to be so it's it's still so niche that the news isn't very pervasive and we can go in and try to like outwork everyone to get that information edge because that's what everyone's after is who can who can put together that best lineup perfect i mean thank you for sharing that because sometimes i'm certain that people are just like i i don't know who x is or who y is that mike brings on and why is you want to have this conversation with a person and i think that really kind of sets the table so when i looked at you as a guest you're a person that checks off all the boxes. For me, it's your experience, your involvement in the fantasy sports and betting you know, world are obvious factors. But yeah, it's your social media content that includes the XFL with your other stuff tells me it wasn't that you're just a fantasy sports guy and a sports betting guy. You're somebody that actually did follow along with the, the XFL. And for those that don't know, your profile picture on Twitter has some defenders merch on so i mean like you're clearly not just saying it you obviously have owned the merch you're wearing it so you're you obviously have in tune with what the league is doing which makes you a good person to kind of not just from a fan standpoint but somebody that actually is paying attention to it not in passing so i mean i think that's very important to have that conversation with somebody versus somebody that might work for one of the big companies that has you know God knows how many followers and whatever are on every television network talking about it. Well, did they really pay that close attention to the XFL and they actually know what they're talking about comparing that as a fantasy sports entity, as a sports betting entity? Well, I would uh, nominate my wife to be a testimonial of how much uh, XFL was consumed in our household for uh, not only this year, but 2020 also. It was... uh, it impeded quite a bit of progress around the house, you know, trying to make sure we stayed up on all those games. But man, it was a fascinating product. And I really enjoy sort of sinking my teeth into it. I love that it's not totally mainstream. That to me is like, that's a feature and not a bug at this point. I think ultimately it needs to gain some traction and become a bit more mainstream. But for now, that is part of the fun of it. And I like it. And and I like that there are people who are not true believers and, and sort of question the validity of whether, you know, spring football has a, a future in the sort of football landscape. But we're in there, man. We're grinding and uh, we're, we're breaking down snap counts and, and trying to see who's uh, participating with uh, who and what the coaches are saying in the postgame press conferences about quarterback rotations. And, you know, like it's we're, we're trying to do everything we can. and. For me, it's it's a bit of a labor of love. Like <laughs> it, it's a lot of hard work to try to put together data points that are helpful for our subscribers, but also like I just enjoy watching the games and stuff too. So uh, yeah, it's it, it's been fun to be a part of a community. Like not even just our subscribers, but other people sort of on Twitter and on the you know internet in general who are as you know excited about it as you are and and want to have those types of conversations. I mean, who who would have thought like I was sweating the you know XFL South playoff scenarios heading into the final week? But I mean, here we are. Yeah, I don't think the South, when you just look at the records and everything tied into it, really drew as much of attention as across the board as it probably did with key certain individuals, right? I mean, whether it's sports betting, fantasy, people that are still tied into podcasting that are trying to explain what the scenarios are going into the last week i mean there's so many things you break it down where probably the average fans is like if my team has a chance just tell me they have a chance i'll, I'll watch the game and we'll, we'll see how the, you know that it plays out but when you're kind of 
trying to look at all the data and whatever way to figure it out to explain it to people so they have an understanding or be helpful in your case, uh, you're trying to get all the data points. It's a very different aspect. But we'll kind of jump into this conversation. I have to be honest. This is not an area that I've covered in the lead up to 2023 during the 2023 season. And I know I had set out to do a whole lot, but like I had mentioned in the lead up to this interview, life in the show in itself kind of takes you in a direction of what becomes the priority. And I mean, my case was the football. So episodes got a little long. So there is a obviously lengthy off season. So this is where I feel like now is the time to dig into this. You know, there's a magnitude of people we're discussing, debating, whatever we should call it, right? There's some sort of dialogue out there of how the XFL overall performed in its first completed season since 2001. In the sports world, we know that fantasy football, sports betting, are not only notable factors in today's business side of football, something they have to be aware of, but they are key components that can't be ignored by any of these businesses. And if they are, they're doing themselves a huge disservice in doing so. So why don't we go ahead and get started here with the fantasy sports aspect. In your opinion, comparing it to other professional leagues and sports, whether that be you know the major power four sports we talk about, professional sports here in this country, or whether it's you know its competitor, direct competitor to the USFL, if you were to compare it towards them in a fantasy sports aspect this year and using an A to F grading scale, how would you rate and grade the XFL in its 2023 season? It is tough. I mean, like if you consider the NFL to be like A plus, and I think most of us probably would, if you're listening to XFL content, you, you're probably also an NFL fan. And yeah, I think that NFL is certainly as good as it gets. I've, I've tried to sort of talk through this topic with some of my friends who are not xfl enthusiasts or whatever and uh as i'm trying to talk to them about it you know they're they're like compare it to one of the college conferences or something like that and, and i think that's maybe a good way to kind of frame it because like you have to go and saying yeah this is professional sports but of course this isn't the best that football has to offer they're all playing on sundays in the fall so yeah like i i think this is in terms of product, probably up there with, you know, probably non-SEC Power 5 football. Like, I think this is ACC football, Big 12 football, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's a really, really good product that's doing a lot of really innovative things that I think are very interesting and fun. Um, I think as you compare it to the USFL, I think the XFL's talent was superior this year. I personally found myself more interested in sort of the XFL storylines and maybe to the USFL's credit, some of that's probably due with timeline because I think by the time the XFL season was wrapping up my, I was maybe a little bit burnt out in terms of how much interest I was willing to give to the USFL after that. But like, yeah, I think it's a fun product, man. I love the innovations they do for TV. I love the open mics. I love, uh, hearing the play call in the huddle. I, I love, you know, the highlights and that sort of thing. Like, I thought it was a really compelling product. I was a little worried that the Guardians were going to be too bad for too long, but they turned it around really kind of mid-season once they got Dormity going and 
overall, like I, I think it became a lot more competitive towards the end. And even a team like DC, who seemed like they were becoming invincible, I think finally showed some signs of weakness. And obviously we saw a team that started off super poor finally rally their way towards the championship. And so uh, it was interesting to see the season play out. Thought it had a lot of highs and lows, but overall, like there was a new and unique reason why I would want to tune in each and every week. And then from a DFS angle, I think maybe one of the things that was a little bit of a letdown was we started with really big prize pools for DraftKings, like major prizes. I'm trying to remember what week one was this year. I think it was $50,000 up top for first place. And so obviously a lot of people are interested in winning $50,000. You know, a lot of money went into that tournament. And then quickly, as those tournaments didn't fill up the way DraftKings wanted, they sort of ratcheted down those prize pools. And of course, by the end of the season, we're talking you know, $5,000 to first for some of those contests. And so not nearly as lucrative uh, as I would have hoped throughout the course of the season, which, you know, it's some of that's because the interest waned throughout the course of the season. There's a lot of anticipation at the beginning and then not everybody hangs in there and that yeah, that's okay too. But so, so the sort of DFS experience and the betting experience was you know, a little bit of a slide down throughout the course of the year. I wish I could say that it picked back up at any point in time, uh, but I, it really didn't. I think you had to kind of pick and choose how you wanted to get your exposure later in the season if you were interested in trying to compete for larger sums of money. I did not participate in any form of your old school fantasy sports, your daily fantasy, any sports betting this year. Call me lame. Call me boring. Vanilla, whatever those terms you want to call me. It's okay. This year I didn't participate in it. And in the past, I've been a little bit more involved in your traditional fantasy sports. So I kind of see it, the sports betting world, the daily fantasy. I get it. I do. I'm not 100% involved in it. So, But I, I have to put that asterisk out there so people know that when I'm talking about I'm not the expert. You clearly are. But when I, when I look at this and I see that the XFL and the Walt Disney Company, you know, notably ESPN, who's putting on the production essentially for whatever network they're putting it on. They didn't create their own fantasy platform for like that traditional thing, which they obviously have for the NFL and whatever. That's fine. And that seems like a missed opportunity for those old school traditionalists that are not quite into the sports betting world as far as that fantasy aspect. But what they did do is they made sure people knew what the over under was what the spread was, right? I mean, you could not miss it on these broadcasts. So they did a very fantastic job from my point of view that that was front and center. Now, from somebody sitting in your chair doing what you do, obviously as a business and as, you know, just an interest, how did that stack up as far as the broadcast compared? You've seen all these other sports entities and how they actually address or let's say embrace or not embrace the sports betting aspect. Yeah. I think sometimes the coverage of sports betting in the XFL product came on a little heavy handed, particularly for people who were not super into sports betting and are fatigued by getting hit over the head with DraftKings ads between uh, every timeout of every NFL game all fall. So um, I can appreciate that there's some sensitivity around that issue, but I think overall, they did some really compelling things to try to just get conversations going, especially in games where 
you know, maybe the score is a little out of control. You know, maybe it's, you know, defenders are up 35 to seven and there's still 12 minutes left in the game. What are you going to talk about? There's not a competitive game on the table. Well, they are, you know, four and a half points away from hitting the over next, you know, I think that's how you do it. You integrate it naturally and organically into the content so that you really don't even pick up on the fact that you are essentially running a DraftKings ad in the middle of your broadcast, but uh, you know, you're, you're still talking about it and and getting people interested because I think the, the gambling thing works well for these uh, media companies, because if you can get them to, if you can get them to deposit and become DraftKings sportsbooks users, uh, you know, obviously, you know, DraftKings is picking up on how well these ads are performing in this content. But then also you're giving that user uh, or that audience member a reason to come back for future games because now all of a sudden they've experienced this way to interact with the game, you know, by putting their own money on the line. And so I thought they did a, a pretty good job with that. Like I said, it was a little, a little heavy handed at times in terms of maybe make laying it on a bit too thick. Like we don't have to talk about it all the time, but mixing it in a little bit is, to me is a, a really good way to do it. So I know I just jumped into the betting world of it. A little bit. I, know, I know I did. And, you know, looking at the broadcast, I had to bring that up because the aspect I didn't see, which I thought I would see more of and not so much of the way they went with the over, the under, you know, the spread. I thought we'd see more of the daily fantasy aspect, you know, kind of in-game production of a player. I thought that that's what we were going to get when they were talking about getting into this world a little bit before the season ever launched. I'm kind of shocked that I didn't see more of that on the broadcast or something tied into it in the stadiums. Cause I mean, I had season tickets with the Orlando guardians and, you know, not saying that everything needs to be blasted all over a jumbotron, but I thought that maybe there'd be a way to kind of tie that in, whether it's for the people sitting at home or whether it's people sitting in the seats. And I, that's what I didn't see. And, you know, that seemed like the missed opportunity where they could have balanced out maybe how much they laid heavy handed on to the sports betting aspect versus getting to the daily fantasy aspect of it. I was just while I would love to see that, I don't think it's in the sports book's best interest, or especially you know, DraftKings as a company operates a sports book and a daily fantasy product, of course. I don't think it's in DraftKings' best interest to try to hype up their DFS product at this point. They're in a massive land grab for users in their sports book, and they're competing with every other place that's offering sports book services right now, whether that be FanDuel Sportsbook or BetMGM or any of the dozens of others that have populated here in the United States. That's the vital customer. That's the one that they want to go after. And so while, yes, there is a DFS product that exists, and they should probably support that a bit more than they do, and I would love that personally. Like I would be the direct beneficiary of more users playing DraftKings uh, DFS for spring football. I, I just think that's a business decision that they're making to say, we owe our customers more content around sports betting, more education around sports betting, and just the more we can ingrain that to be a normal way that we're interacting with the game of football, that's the way that they want to approach it. So that way, when they can get you 
uh, sort of in the system and get you into the fall for for NFL football, you know, it all comes natural because there is a learning curve towards learning sports betting. The terminology is very overwhelming for a lot of new users who you know don't grow up knowing what a minus one ten line is or uh, how to go about shopping across different sports books or taking advantage of deposit bonuses. And you know, there's you know what's you know, how does the over under, how's that work? How's, what does a minus seven on the spread mean? Is that the favorite? Is that the underdog? Like, so there's, there's still a lot of learning curve before you can take that new user, which they would love to get and then make them a sort of a recurring user that they can continue to cheer week after week after week, you know, uh, knowing that in the long run, they're going to take quite a bit of that user represents quite a bit of money in their pocket. Yeah, no, I I get that. You know, you, you don't think about it. It just, it just seems like there's a missed opportunity, but you got to think about every business constantly is taking a look at what they have to offer and what they're lacking in the marketplace, you know, as far as their share of the pie, so to speak, or we've been focused on this so long, maybe we needed to be focused on this, but it just seemed like it was a little thick, like you're saying. And what I anticipated coming in just didn't come in. So it, that seemed like the missed opportunity, but Someone that's in the world that understands it, it's not so shocking to you as to why they did it. But like you said, even though it could personally help you out in your business a little bit more. So, you know, it is a missed opportunity for you either way, but you, I get that. So now, like to your, to your point earlier about why are there not regular fantasy leagues around this? I think your, your point is strong, which is people want a secondary way to interact with these games that is not simply just sitting in front of their couch for two games Saturday and two games Sunday and watching 12 hours of football. Like that's, that's not going to happen very often, but if you can give someone a fantasy league to be a part of, or give them a DFS contest to sweat along with it, or, you know, let them throw 20 bucks on the defenders going under or whatever, like that sort of thing will cause eyeballs to get on the TV. And that's ultimately what the XFL wants. You know, the XFL doesn't necessarily care how many DraftKings users turn up out of this, but they do want people watching. And so if they can, you you know, sort of leverage that second screen experience where somebody's got their DraftKings app up on their phone and I'm sweating, how many points does my quarterback have? Like that's intriguing. And so is, you know, playing in a fantasy league. So I would, I would think that these you know, XFL would be as interested in po- as possible in finding reasons for people to want to tune the game on. Because, I mean, I think, frankly, like it, it's a very small subset of people that are super interested, like true diehard football fans that want to turn it on and do it intentionally. Um, you know, there's a, another group of people who probably stumble onto it through one mean or, or another. But, you know, in terms of the, the general football pie, uh, like you're only going to get a certain percentage of that, but the betting pie, you know, maybe you could get a uh, more of a decent percentage of that if, if folks thought that there was a good reason to, you know, to put their money on that. Just to go in back to that traditional, like you said, to bring eyes to the table, well, the National Football League is a mammoth league. Plenty of teams, there's so many games going on. Heck, you can't watch them all at once, even if you have the the red zone. It's only going to show you so much, right? Just, everyone doesn't own. 15 TVs or okay. I've not 30 teams playing at once because there's the one o'clock, the four o'clock, the Sunday night game, the Monday night. All right. So maybe that's a little excessive, but no one has eight TVs in there to watch the, you know, 16 teams playing at one time, hypothetically, the one o'clock hour is usually the, the loaded hour. So 
what, what do you have to do to get people to tune into as many games as possible? And it is that fantasy aspect, right? And, and I'll just share a quick story. When I was back in New York working for the lumber company I was working for, we had an internal company, football, fantasy league. Well, I was sitting in first place. It was a championship game in the fantasy league. There's money on the line. We won't get into it whether it's legal or not in New York State at that point. doesn't matter. There was a company league with X amount of money in the pot, okay? I was leading with one play left to go. It was the Eagles, and I, I can't remember who they're playing right now. I have a feeling, but I, I don't know for a fact, so I don't want to say it to be wrong. But the Eagles were playing. I had the Eagles defense. I said, the only way I lose X amount of hundreds of dollars, that's all I'm going to say. I won't say how much, but X amount of hundreds of dollars, is that the Eagles give up, fumble the ball, concede points, or throw an interception on the pick six. What happened? It was a pick six. I lost hundreds of dollars on one play. I was tuned in to that game. I had no no horse into it other than it was my fantasy team. I was tuned in to the very last play because it was fractions of points that were going to sway it. Yes, I think it's a missed opportunity for eyes, right? It doesn't. I'm betting, but I wasn't betting in the way that other people were. You know, it wasn't like on each play or each individual game. I had a dollar amount that was invested into it for the season, but it did come down to one play and it literally went not in my favor. But it forced me to watch those games. And that's why I bring up that. But I get what it's the daily fantasy and the sports betting. Once you're invested, it gives you a reason to. And that's why I'm, it does feel like a missed opportunity why I brought those up because. I think it would bring a lot more eyes. And now are they going to double the eyes? I don't know. But I don't think you and I are the norm for the people that are tuning to all four games on a weekend for the XFL. I think that's what they should try to make those people that are catching one or two games to tune into all four. I have a podcast, so I'm watching all four. Unless the day I got married, I couldn't watch. I had to watch a replay on ESPN+. Plus. But that's what they should be going for. We already have a fan of the league. How can we get them to watch all of it and contribute to all the ratings? How can we get them to do that so that we get better sponsorship? More eyes in the league brings in bigger dollars, right? So it's not just sports betting, but fantasy. Sports betting plays a big factor in that. And I can see that. It just seems like some of it was missed. That's that's all I'm trying to get at. I know I'm beating that horse a little bit. But, I mean, like, you brought up the point of eyes and stuff. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. Wholeheartedly. Well, here's another thing about Fantasy is that it will often not only will the, will the fantasy player watch the game, they'll watch, as you just sort of alluded to, all the way down until there's zeros left in the fourth quarter. Like, you know, you're never done. You're never clocked out. I mean, you might just have a terrible day and, you know, fine. You, yeah, you're not sweating your way to the finish line if you know you're dead at halftime or something. But yeah, when you're even modestly competitive, like you're watching it all the way to the very end just to see if like, because that's a lot of times when fireworks can happen, even in a meaningless scored game, you know, that 35 to 7 example, you know, where that one team throws a, a bomb while the other team's in prevent defense and that's a 60 yard touchdown or whatever. And that that's massive, right? So every play in DFS is just as important as any other play. So yeah, I would say like a DFS user is a really good eyeball generator for any league for that matter, but specifically for the XFL. So at least that's the way it works with me. I'd assume it works that way with most of the people who I know are watching in that capacity. I wanted to ask you a question. Like, do you think that the 
do you perceive more sort of watchers of the XFL to be sort of XFL fans or fans of particular franchise or not, I guess they're not franchises teams within the XFL. Like I've always been, I mean, I have teams I pull for or whatever in the XFL, but I'm tuning in because I like the league and I like the time of the year. And I like the things I can, the ways I can interact with it and that sort of thing. Now, while I love the DC defenders, you know, sure. It's I'm not tuning into their games anymore that I'm tuning into sea dragons games or whatever, you know? So uh, do you have a perception as to, how you think people are consuming it? Well, I think it comes down to a four-letter word for me, right? When I look at the National Football League, when I look at other sports, like bigger sports that have been around for a while, it's hate. Do you hate another team or teams in the league? If you have that, then you're not a fan of the league. You would be a fan of a team or two, right? And I don't know if I see a lot of hate towards particular teams maybe it's because the leagues are too young and they don't have a chance to build up those true rivalries yet a year or two may not even get that done it might take five years before you truly have what you start having some history with the rivalries so i do think even though i'm a guardians fan and i say that because i've been a season ticket holder for the new york guardians i live in new york oddly enough when i moved to florida the guardians somehow end up in florida and i end up a season ticket holder there too yeah Yeah, it's a weird but comforting thing that, hey, still a Guardians fan. It's just awkward. I know everyone else doesn't, didn't have that same thing happen in life. So I am a Guardians fan. But I am a fan of the league because I don't hate anybody yet. But I can tell you, with the National Football League, I grew up in Western New York as a Miami Dolphins fan, and I hate the Buffalo Bills. And my friends from high school, college, could tell you how much I loathe the Buffalo Bills. That's a fan of a team. And not a league. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if we actually had that at the XFL yet. So I hope that answers your question because that's how I, that's my barometer. That's how I, I measure that. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a good point. And I think that comes down to brand. And that just, you, you can't force brand to happen. It happens slowly. It's it's like culture it happens slowly without anyone noticing over a period of, you know, in the NFL's case, what 50 some odd years 57 super bowls we've had now so yeah like it's it's been a long time coming and so and there was afl and nfl way before that too so you pull for a team because you know your dad went pulled for that team and his dad pulled for that team or whatever it might look like in your own family yeah these loyalties get kind of passed down and that I think is as big a reason as anything I think that's as important as the the players themselves is the fact that the team itself represents something to individuals uh, and, and that makes them them tune in. And that to me is what makes it fun. And that's where any upstart league is going to struggle in that regard. If we don't recognize the logo, the logo doesn't make us feel any type of way when we see it, then yeah, like we're, we're not going to be as attached. So I think that attachment is going to come. You just have to wait and it's going to, it's going to take on its own form. And, I think if the XFL can have some more success in placing their athletes in the NFL and, and seeing them succeed, I think that snowball makes a big, big difference. You know, if we can find some XFL superstars who become NFL contributors at a minimum, you know, I, I think in the was the old old versions of some of these spring leagues, we saw like actual real stars emerge um, from the spring into the fall, but. Even if that's not the case, like just having actual contributors and 
say a Donald Parham, for example, a, a guy who was great in the XFL in 2020, signs on with a team with the Chargers. He's a tight end. And um, he's he struggled a little bit to stay on the field, but when he's been out there, he's been fine and he's he's contributed. I think having success stories like that, particularly at skill positions, I think is going to be helpful to elevating the league's brand. I agree. It's one of those things that that's always going to be the thing. Like, I don't know who that is. That logo looks like, you know, you always hear about these logos. You talk about identifying with, it looks like, looks like a third grader drew it or what, you know, like everyone's got their like, well, that's nineties clip art or, you know, we hear all the terms and, and excuses as to why people won't take anything seriously. And it doesn't matter if it's the XFL or the USFL, the competitor. Heck, we have all these arena teams that are popping up. Everyone's got some knock against it. Why everything is Bush league or, you know, <laughs> For whatever reason they want to come around. So I get that. And it does take a while. You got to get a, you know, a foothold. You got to build on stuff. And you're right. Success, your players going on. It's kind of essentially what people say with college teams, right? Your program's either good because you can win or your program's good because you are the pipeline to the NFL, right? You turn out the most uh, first round or prospects or whatever. And like, and, you know, for the longest time, Alabama was knocked at, they don't have quarterbacks because our quarterbacks don't go to the National Football League. And then all of a sudden, somehow, we're starting to see some Alabama quarterbacks in the National Football it just It's funny like how their stigmas and what labels somebody a good college or a great college or nothing, right? Like, I'm a Syracuse fan. Like, oh, dude, well, why would you ever be a Syracuse? Well, there are success stories come out of Syracuse. Maybe it's not a lot of the SEC or the Big Ten you know, schools or USC back in the day, right? They had it. Everyone was always in the Heisman running. Well, okay, Syracuse doesn't have that. I guess, but that doesn't mean it's their trash. I mean, maybe record-wise they are. <laughs> but anyway, it's not to kind of go down that road. I would like to kind of circle back on the bet, the sports betting and whatnot because there's a couple of things I could see that seem to hinder if somebody is in that betting world. And, you know, we look at the depth charts. We look at the injury reports that are coming out and as somebody like myself that was trying to prepare for a preview of the upcoming weekend, trying to figure out, okay, well who's in and who's out this week. It wasn't always exactly spot on. It seemed like there was things missing. The depth chart didn't seem to be spot on, not saying they were always completely off, but for someone that was trying to prepare for a show, I can only imagine if I was in a fantasy league or trying to place money on games, then I probably would have been a little frustrated or significantly frustrated, depending on how much I was putting you know, on these games. So, I mean, it, from your point of view, how much did that really impact? I'm, I'm sure it had an impact, but it was a bigger deal than probably the league realizes that they did a disservice to you know the people out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like I mentioned, we want to engage with this. We we don't want the content that we're watching on TV to be one dimensional where, you know, it's on the screen, you watch it, you go on with your day. Like we want ways that we can like touch this product throughout the course of the week, whether that be learning more about the players, getting depth charts, hearing about injury designations, hearing about inactives, hearing about really any sort of storyline, uh, getting quotes from the coaches from their press conferences. Like 
we want that stuff. We, I, I, and it, it's crazy to what lengths you have to go to get your hands on it, you know, and that's, that's kind of the case across both leagues. I'd say the USFL took a, a step forward this spring in terms of sort of some of their data collection. I think they, they learned some lessons. Uh, XFL needs to kind of go back to square one on that, I would say. But yeah, it's, it's tough because I, I'm thirsty for this information and I'm having a hard time finding it. You know, much less, you know, are, are they appealing to the casual person throughout the course of the week? And that's what I would love to see them do a better job with because, you know, in DFS and sports betting, you know, knowledge is everything data points and and uh anything you can do to sort of hone in your process is absolutely critical you know and it's the difference between winning and losing a bet it's the difference between finishing first place in a tournament for ten thousand dollars or fifth place for a hundred bucks you know so you know there's real dollars on the line there and i i would love to see the xfl get a bit more solidified in terms of how they want to present data to the public yeah, because like I said, that 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 data is absolutely critical and it changes everything. And I mean, just selfishly, I I want it. Like I I don't even want it necessarily just for the the betting stuff. I just want to hear and be able to interact on a little bit deeper level that I'm currently able to do. Um, I, I thought the television show, the the weekly television show, Player Fifty Four, um, was was a great way to bridge some of that gap. But I mean, that's. Like I mean, that's one thing per week, and usually that's a, right before the games on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, as to when that would drop. So I mean, you didn't didn't even get that all the time. So yeah, I just I want more, you know, and and that's probably a good sign to to leave your audience wanting a little bit more. But I uh, would love to see them deliver here in the second year. Injury reports, death charts. What else? I mean, I've had a couple executives on here before, so I'm not acting like they tune in every week, but they're aware of the show, right? I get press releases and stuff like that. So I'm on the, the league's radar to whatever extent. So if somebody was listening here and they could take some of this information back and like, okay, obviously we got some holes, right? We got to kind of fix some things in, in this world. We talked about, this is, we're going to be more engaging with our fans and make it so they can be more interactive in the game somehow And sports betting and daily fantasy seems to be it. So, we know they, they need to really hone in on depth charts, injury reports. You say it would be nice to have more access to the interviews. Uh, roster moves. So if a team adds a guy, drops a guy, that, that sort of thing is massive. But yeah, and not even just like, not even the injuries that are resulting in inactives, but to know the guy on Tuesday was limited in practice with an ankle injury. Well, that's something. It's not nothing. The guy may still play. But, you know, maybe he's a little bit banged up. That's something to keep an eye on. And ultimately, I think what the XFL did was they made their media portal uh, available to at least some people. I don't know if it's publicly available, but I was lucky enough to to be able to see that. So they, they would post their daily updates in there and I would transfer it over to um, a, a different location for our users to see. But, yeah, it was you could kind of keep a, keep an eye on it through that, but that's, you know, sharing things through a Google drive doesn't seem like the most professional way to disperse information to a global audience. And I think if that's what they want to try to do, they should, you know, they should templatize those things. And I know the, you know, and maybe, maybe Twitter's not the answer. I know everyone wants it all on Twitter and, and Twitter seems to be the place where team accounts are mostly doing a lot of, you know, I, I don't know, like outfit checks of their athletes and things like this. I, I find the, the Twitter presence a little, 
underwhelming. Sorry for the sorry to the Twitter teams, but uh, yeah, for for what I'm looking for, I would love to just see more actually helpful news based type information coming through those accounts would be you know, amazing. And and if not on Twitter, put it on the website. Just make it make it listed, make it a table on the website. That would not be a very difficult thing to execute on. It seems so basic of a premise. It just I don't know how they miss it. Now I know that they did a little revamping with some people on the marketing team, right? They eliminated the two higher up positions. They got also rid of some seasonal help, which you say would be six month contract help and whatnot. So there's a little bit of shifting happen. They do see some opportunity where they kind of probably didn't quite get things a hundred percent right. I mean, no one ever does, but I mean they probably are acknowledging we missed the boat on a couple of things here. And hopefully this is one of the things that whoever's thinking marketing is not all billboards. They're not all TV advertisements. They're not all radio advertisers or newspapers. A lot of that stuff is old school marketing. New school marketing is just making sure content is always coming out. It's not always like you mentioned what, you know, the, the fashion police or whoever. And I'm not taking shots because I know, I know some of these guys. So I, that are behind. So it's not taking a shot at them. But there are other ways to have content and incorporate to draw more people in and interact more with that information. And that's what it's all about. Anyone that knows social media, it's about impressions, people. It's about getting it out there and who can see and who is interacting it and algorithms. 100%. So if they can get the sports better, the daily fantasy people more tuned in on their social media accounts, that would help their presence big time as well. It's just going to going to get out there more widespread. That is marketing. Social media is a, a you know an outlet. Plus, you're right. The website, just having it on the website, if it's just another tab you click on for, like you say, transactions or daily releases or whatever, it can't take that much. Somebody's still typing up injury reports. Right. There's got to be a way just to submit that in on a portal. Everyone's typing up depth charts. You can't take that much just to submit it into a portal. Like it should just be another step. And then in some way from the, the league, just hits publish. Right? It's it's Here's not reinventing the wheel. Uh, yeah, if you know when the Arlington Renegades they they traded for Luis Perez, but I, I I'm trying to remember who was still on the team, whether it was Slaughter or Plitt or both. But um, we, we go into a week not really knowing who the quarterback is. We think Slaughter's probably got the first crack at it or whatever. But Plitt's a little banged up, and then Perez is the newly traded guy, like. You go into the week having literally no idea who the starting quarterback is. And I can see why Bob Stoops would want to keep that secret. You know, like, of course, there's a competitive advantage there. But on the other hand, like, engage with the fans. Like, write a news story that says, you know, Coach Bob Stoops thinks Luis Perez has what it takes to start in week six against the defenders or whatever the, you know, the the headline looks like. And, you know, now you've got a real content piece that's material and has – teeth to it and of course yeah is that the most yeah does that give them the most competitive advantage maybe not like maybe you're you're punting a little bit there but you know i would love to just see that sort of thing like the nfl would do that like the nfl is king of competition but you know if you just if you watch quarterback uh the new netflix series you can see how arthur smith handled the transition from Marcus Mariota to Desmond Ritter. It was a press conference. He announced there was a new starting quarterback because that was a big deal, you know? And so I would love to just see that level of transparency exist on the league where it could so easily exist and the stakes 
I mean, the stakes aren't that high, you know, um, you know, compared to to other leagues that do do this. So, yeah, I would love to just see just maybe a rethinking of what the content should look like and, and what the fans are looking for. You mentioned transparency, and I think it's a actually fitting to f- share that the league is transparent in a lot of other ways. We get to see the decision behind a challenge, right? We get to see that, that command center, Dean Blandino being involved in it. We get to see the plays being called in, right? The OC, the defensive coordinator, we're all, they're hot, you know, they're mic'd up. We're getting to see transparency in a way that we don't typically get to see everywhere else. But we can't get it in certain other aspects. That seems like it, it would benefit fans even more so that are, you know, investing a little more than just time into this little money. Yeah. And, and overall, you know, I say all this constructively as a major fan of the league and a guy who really loves playing these sports and, and playing daily fantasy and I'm not in a state where I can sports bet legally. North Carolina, hopefully coming on in uh, January of 2024, knock on wood. But um, yeah, like I would just love to see more from from the league. So that's kind of my rallying cries to say, hey, don't count me as disgruntled. I'm I'm a very happy fan and I'm excited to be a part of it. And I uh, just want it to be as good as it can be. And there seems like some... Uh, you know, pretty obvious low-hanging fruit that we can try to tackle here to make it even better. But overall, I'd say the water's warm. And if you've thought about, you know, trying to jump into daily fantasy sports or learn a bit more about sports betting, spring football is actually a really good way to to do that because you can get your hands dirty and get to know these players, come up with your own opinions uh, based on you watching the games, you know, and and what you see and who you think looks explosive or who might get their next big chance in the next game. And uh, turning that into some real money, which uh, to me is a fun challenge and a fun puzzle to solve each and every week. That's that's honestly why I keep playing DFS. It's not about chasing the dollars for me nearly as much as I just like the the competition and trying to solve a new puzzle each and every week. Uh, to me, that's fascinating. And uh, that's why we've built the tools that we built to make it a little bit easier and a, a bit more systematic. So it's fun. Yeah, I see the XFL, the USFL, these leagues that are eight teams only. It seems like it would be, like you said, the water's warm. This would be the place to dip your, you know, your toes, submerge your feet into it. If you're going to start out, because the National Football League, it's got a lot of teams. There's a lot of games going on. You could easily get a little overwhelmed. Like, okay, well, I don't even know where to start. There's just so much going on, right? Well, the XFL seems like it'd be easier to wrap your head around. If somebody's like, okay, I've been watching sports for a while. I've always kind of been tempted to kind of get myself involved in to these aspects. And I, it does seem like it would be a very, you know, easier transition to get into it. Yeah, there's obviously going to be a learning lesson or learning situations in anything that you do, right? But this seems like the learning curve should be shorter and easier to wrap your head around, you know. And your own level footing with everyone else, you know, like it's the type of thing that keeps me from playing NBA DFS. I would love, I like the idea of me watching more NBA. It just has not happened yet. And I'm sure if I ever did start watching it, I'd pick up on who's on what team, you know, all the way down the depth chart, the way I could do for NFL or XFL. But 
I, I can't go through that learning curve. Not while everybody else is at a 10, I can't be the guy at a two, you know? So, but at XFL, everybody's a two, you know, <laughs> like we're all just, we're all just trying our best out here. And so your opinions as good as anyone else's. So it's, it really is a great way to, uh, you know, learn the rosters and, and your own stamp on things and see what happens. Well, Justin, I appreciate you taking the time coming on the show. I know it's a little late here on the East coast for a podcast, but you know, I appreciate you taking the time to discuss fantasy and sports betting with uh, me. And so my listeners that don't typically get that type of content and, you know, it's not to bash. It's not. And I know some people might take it that way, but it is about taking something, putting it underneath the lens, taking a look at it and being very honest about it. Right. And even as a non-sports better, I can see where there's opportunity. And it's nice to kind of share that, that if the league were to tune in to kind of get that. So I, I hope the league doesn't think you and I were being too inconsiderate towards the efforts they did make, but I hope they just see that there's some opportunity. So I, I at least appreciate you coming out to discuss that with me. Well, I've had a lot of fun. Yeah. To me, it's all, uh, constructive and, uh, all in, a, all in good spirit towards making things better. That there's been a league that's pushed a lot of things forward, you know, in a very productive way. And a lot of things that I think you're going to see in the NFL in the next five years or so. I mean, I think you're, you're going to see some of this access and, you know, maybe the command center, you know, some of these innovative ideas and maybe even the kicking game stuff. You're going to see them work their way into the, uh, NFL before long. And so wanted to see them continue to push and innovate as they, you know, make this push towards sports betting and DFS. So yeah, Michael, appreciate you having me on and uh, look forward to chatting with you again soon. Well, before I let you go, here's your opportunity to share your wonderful website again, your social media handles, wherever, so people can follow along all the work that you do and, uh, you know, maybe learn a thing or two in this new world if they haven't submerged themselves into it. For sure. Well, you can uh, be sure to go check out runthesims.com. We're running year round, even though we we love the XFL. Uh, but we are, of course, taking signups for our NFL package right now. For NFL, you will get access to our simulation tools. You, you may pick up on Run the Sims. We, we specialize in simulating the slates we simulate every play of every game 10,000 times to get a sense of how players are correlated to one another and how game situations correlate to one another because that that's one of the really interesting game theory aspects about playing DFS is how all the players don't just exist in their own bubbles they're all related to one another and so for 229 bucks through the end of the month uh you can go check out and get a full year round subscription uh we have weekly and monthly packages becoming available after that and uh, yeah, we're we're super excited about what we're doing there. If you want to follow Run the Sims, it's at Run the Sims on Twitter, or follow me at Justin Freeman eighteen for all the bad takes. You can get them right there. So uh, appreciate everybody for for listening, and uh, yeah, feel free to check us out. We'd love to have you. Perfect. Thank you, Justin. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. I enjoyed having the opportunity to sit down with Justin. We don't typically dive into fantasy or sports betting on this show. So having someone with his expertise share how the league performed in these areas is important. There is so much more to the business and operations of professional sports leagues. And as fans, we can learn more to better understand the varying aspects impacting our league's future. Therefore, I am committed and I will continue to identify areas like this and connect with knowledgeable people to help provide us with better insight and understanding of the XFL's product and how we can better support the league.
Unfortunately, we do not have any fan line messages this week. If you have an XFL related comment, question, or hot take and would like it to be heard on the show, reach out to the fan line by calling 863 Talk XFL or 863 825 5935. Doing so, your message could be included in an upcoming episode. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Player 54 Podcast. As always, I am interested in receiving your feedback. So do not be a stranger. Reach out to let me know your thoughts. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform of choice. One last thing. If you are interested in checking out our friends over at True Victory, do not forget to click on the link in the show's description and notes, as well as that sweet code, PLAYER54, for 15% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in. Till next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning into today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Player 54 Podcast on your platform of choice. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Player 54 Podcast. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to player54podcast at gmail.com.